Welcome back to Partnerships Unraveled, the podcast where we unravel the mysteries around partnerships and channel on a weekly basis. My name is Alex Whitford. I'm the VP of Revenue here at Chanex, and I'm really pleased to welcome our special guest this week, Frank. Frank, how are you doing? Alex, doing very well. We had a nice drive over here to Utrecht. So, all good. Well, and you're the first guest in our uh, brand new studio. So definitely our YouTube uh, viewers should come and check out the new studio. But I'd love to get a little bit of an introduction. Obviously, we know each other very well. But for our guests, yes. um, please introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of background about your career. I'll do that. Uh, yeah, Frank Anderstegger, uh, born and raised in the Netherlands since almost three and a half years. I'm the partner marketing lead for Zoom in Europe. Interestingly, I was the first part of marketing person for Zoom outside of the US. Uh, that was a great uh, opportunity for me to to get on the, on the train of Zoom, uh, which started to roll, of course, uh, since 2020. And before that, I've been IT, in IT, product marketing, channel marketing uh, yeah, for almost 25 years. That's how old I am. So that that's how we know each other from, uh, yeah. we, we were both Zoomies at the same time. We experienced the crazy level of growth that was COVID. I'd love to hear a little bit about from a partner marketing perspective. Obviously, we had a lot of inbound demand yeah. uh, as a result of COVID. How did that affect your your marketing strategy? Well, uh, we had to think about it every day, right? Because uh, again, back to the history of Zoom, Zoom got started as a direct company, huh? a lot of online uh, business, direct sales, and then channel came in as a consequence of what all had happened, right? So it really had uh, an impact on us because we had to redo many of our uh, you know, partner programs, our uh, partner marketing infrastructure, which was really basic, right? But we made it uh, massively more modern, uh, easy accessible. Uh, but also I think what, what happened during uh, the pandemic is that uh, yeah, we, we had to educate our partners much more on the full scope of, of Zoom, right? Uh, there were a lot of issues, right? Back in the days, right? Uh, unfortunately, not only caused by Zoom, but also by uh, Zoom was built for the enterprise. Then it hit the, the, the consumer and prosumer market uh, tremendously. Um, we dealt with the security situation very well, I think. Uh, our 90 day uh, security plan, which we launched in 2020, uh, was very well received. And I think, yeah. Our customers, and again, our mission of our company, Deliver Customer Happiness, were always central, right? And our CEO is really monitoring that as a hawk. And that secured uh, for us also in marketing that we could focus on the key use case that users could uh, enjoy of using that by using Zoom. And uh, yeah, that also impacted how we funded uh, our strategies, right? It's not all just on events. No, because there were, there were no events, right? We had to really go digital, go outbound also from a channel perspective and support our partners with our MDF programs with that. And and so primarily you're using MDF to educate the end users around why Zoom is the, the right solution well, for COVID or are you, are you marketing to partners as to why they should become a partner? Both, right? It's both and it's even more. Um, of course, we, uh, we had a distribution strategy uh, back in the days, um, back in the days, a number of years ago, you came, um, we overhauled that massively, as you know, uh, but our MDF is really targeted to drive results uh, with our partners, right? So we, we invest in uh, individual resellers or agent partners that we have in Europe to drive uh, more leads with them, through them, together, uh, win more deals together. Um, so yeah, that's how we're applying those funds to, to drive tangible outcomes 
that benefit both of us. And one of the things we hear, we're, we're all, always speaking to CMOs and VPs of marketing, and and we hear that revenue attribution as, a, as, as part of MDF is obviously critical that we understand how has the dollar been spent, yep. what was the ROI, yep. how is tracking that ROI? Because we always hear it's really, really challenging, very manual. How's that process for it you? It is, yeah, and I think at Zoom we, we've made some very good uh, enhancements to uh, uh, our traceability uh, back in 2020 hard very hard right really manual uh, efforts but through some system integrations between our deal registration platform and our uh, salesforce uh, environment so we're automatically exporting uh, campaign codes now into the uh, um, deal registration platform so when a partner uh, is dealing with a lead that's translating into an opportunity he can select um, a campaign from the from a drop down list based on a quarter or the runtime of the campaign depending on how we agree on that and that then is measurable for us. So we can run Salesforce reports now that show us by MDF investment for a particular partner or a group of partners by country, what has been the return uh, measured on, on deal registrations and pipeline. Awesome. And so you've spoken about Zoom, traditionally a direct business, mm-hmm. then obviously they're pivoted really hard. And I'm hearing lots of amazing things about the, the way the channel business yeah. is really growing. Mm-hmm. But how has that marketing development program had to change and iterate really quickly to keep up with the progression of channel? Can you talk about how that moved from direct to indirect from a marketing perspective, how you manage that process? Yeah, so I, th- I think that's a big team effort, right? It's not uh, just me as an individual or my team here in Europe doing that. that that's a company effort. Um, and we're trying our best every day, right, to stay 100% aligned with sales, the sales strategy, the go-to-market strategy, the route-to-market strategy by region and even by sub-region. And that's how we are um, looking at that, right? We want to make sure we're investing in, in the right things and the right things are tools, infrastructure, content. Uh, we already talked about the MDF program. Also, we're talking about people, right, about enabling and uh, ensuring that we see adoption of our our tools, our infrastructure, our programs. We're talking about rewards programs, right? So we really, uh, I think we're taking a, a much wider perspective. Is 100% perfect? I doubt it, right? It's because we still are learning, adopting, and uh, yeah, improving how we enable our partners, how we give them content, programs, tools, rewards, and, and make them uh, very satisfied to, to partner with Zoom. And, and what would you describe as the sort of key challenge for going from a purely direct model and then having to rapidly accelerate into a really fast indirect model that's being wildly successful today? How do you manage that transition? What's the key problem? Well, from a marketing perspective, I think clearly uh, it, it's getting to scale, right? Uh, because we had thousands of partners worldwide. And again, if I turn it into Europe, um, also four number figures, yeah. right? So how do you get to scale, right? So from from that perspective, we invested in automation uh, where we could. I think one of the key things that we implemented uh, almost two years ago is a marketing automation platform for our partners, right? That really offers everything. It is a fully automated marketing platform, including email, including social uh, social media marketing and video marketing. We have an asset library with all, let's say, lifestyle images that our partners want to embed on their website. It has... Co-logo capabilities for data sheets, customizations, translation, right? In a hundred different languages. So we, we could tackle that, that scale problem because of that. And then we've seen, really seen massive results. In less than two years, we are at uh, more than already 6,000 individuals logging on to it. Uh, this year alone, 
around eight, 9,000 downloads, right, of content pieces individually. Uh, that are pitch decks, uh, data sheets, images, uh, integrated campaigns, right? So I think that's how we got to scale by automating that, by keeping content really fresh on a monthly basis, not every quarter, because you and me, we've seen examples where, uh, and again, I know that's one of your key topics, uh, the adoption of partner portals. Uh, you can put it there, but if it's irrelevant, they will not come, right? They will not come uh, automatically. And I think we are doing, and of course, a lot of communication through our partner newsletters, one, one through our general account manager in region, enablement sessions, through webinars. So we're touching our partners more holistically than just, uh, it's on the uh, partner portal, go there. That doesn't work, right? So we're really taking a multi, multi-faceted approach in reaching our channel partners, making sure that they can find the information and then use the information because we have a partner marketing concierge. That's a person, a physical person, not, not an AI person, a real person who's there as a coach, right? So we're really helping our partners to adopt it, embrace it, and get to results quickly. And so the number one problem in your mind from a marketing perspective to go from uh, direct to indirect is how do you generate scale? Scale and also processes, right? Have to write processes in place that uh, that's very easy for partners to do business with Zoom, right? Not just on the sales side, but also on the marketing side uh, to request MDF, to claim MDF, to, to, to make that very easy. And again, also back to our mantra, uh, Zoom should be easy, right? Yeah. We want to make it easy. And and so then you're tackling that that pain with automation and bringing automation and people together. And then you've got that cohesive mo- movement yeah. and then you're leveraging MDF to really drive performance. Sounds excellent. Correct for, for and again, as part of our partner program, we are, of course, uh, we have levels, right? Uh, we are currently moving into a, a new program that launches in February of, of next year. We've uh, already trained a lot of our partners on what's coming. Uh, but of course we have different partner types, right? And partner levels, uh, depending on, the investment that the partner's doing uh, in Zoom from a knowledge perspective, also from a business perspective, and, and that will g- unlock different rewards at different levels. So that's also how we're stimulating our partners to, to be at their best, right? Be the best partner they can be for Zoom. And then we will you know, be hand in hand with them to, uh, to support them in their growth. Awesome. And then my experience at Zoom, right, I was there during COVID and we were experiencing such monumental growth at the time, which was uh, exhilarating to be a part of. But educate me, how's the transition post-Zoom been? What has that meant for your your channel strategy, your marketing strategy? How have you changed? Well, I think as a company, we, we changed, of course, from a technology perspective, right? We, uh, we introduced um, clearly when, when we saw well, it's great to have excellent video meetings, but we saw the opportunity, right, to bring that frictionless communication into different uh, uh, segments like technology, of uh, telephony, sorry, technology, telephony, Zoom contact center that we introduced uh, 18 months ago. Uh, we have Zoom events. That's a professional events uh, platform for running perfect hybrid events. Uh, workforce management is part of contact center. We acquired WorkVivo um, April this year, March. That's an employee engagement platform where it's all about communication, right? And we want to be that uh, that communications platform. And that costs a lot of change, right? Also for the, the marketing department, because now we need to educate our complete channel. And I know you recall that, right? Zoom, you do more than meetings. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's a very important uh, pillar for us, of course, to keep educating our channel. What are the other opportunities for them to, to engage with us, to expand their practice, to uh, build in more stickiness, right, uh, for their business, 
unlock more consulting and education and services opportunities for them so they can also uh, be a stronger partner for uh, yeah, for themselves but also for us of course and and when you're going through and and I remember experiencing this right my my background's very video orientated zoom was a very logical next step um, and then having to go back to partners that I've spoken to for years and years and suddenly go, hey, we need to talk about telephony. We need to talk about unified communications, um, contact center. Suddenly it was like, oh, how, how do we have these conversations? Yeah. What's the biggest challenge around doing that from a marketing perspective, that re-education, almost that rebranding from a product perspective? How do you handle that? Yeah, again, so it's difficult and it's not difficult. It's difficult for, um, and again, you know, I, I respect all of our partners, right? All of our partners who've invested in Zoom, um, they're important to us. And in the future, we'll see different types of partners for us, right? We'll see partners who are very strong in AV. And, and that's still a necessity, right? Because we need to modernize and democratize uh, the meeting rooms uh, inside offices with modern infrastructure and modern platforms. Some of these partners can add on uh, adjacencies, right? They have the room, they have the vision themselves, right? To grow into different parts of unified communication and add telephony. But that's a very different ballgame. It's not the same ballgame. So it may seem easy, um, but it's not that easy, right? It's a different skill set. You need to train different people, maybe hire different people, build a new practice with services. And it's the same with contact center. It is an adjacency. So telephony and, 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 and contact center are very close to each other. From an AV perspective, we have a, a yeah, traditional it's a long way away. It's, it's, it's a long way away. So you need to be able to and willing to invest in that. You know, the rewards will be there, but it will take perhaps a bit longer than a traditional telephony uh, reseller uh, or integrator who's been doing that for 15 years, right? That makes sense. So it, it's, it can, can be hard for uh, the traditional AV partner who maybe does not have the time or the, uh, the, the current priority to, to do that. Well, that's fine. We need those partners too, right? But across the whole gamma, uh, yeah, for us, it's been challenging to also prove ourselves to uh, some of these uh, UCAS uh, and CCAS uh, partners who've been reselling other brands for years and implementing those. So why should I take up Zoom? Why does it make sense for me? Is it more profitable? Is it easier? Can I unlock more business through that? And that's what we need to prove. Also from a marketing perspective of well, how, how can we be even a better partner for them in driving more demand, uh, more leads, more business outcomes. So I think that's a, a joined up effort between the sales teams and uh, and marketing to uh, to show all these different uh, uh, vectors, right? And make partners say, oh, that makes a lot of sense, right? I need to talk more to Zoom. I need to figure out how we can embed you. And uh, I think we, we're seeing that more and more. So I think we're really happy with the, the progress we're making. That's, that's great to hear. And one of the things we often talk about here on, on the podcast is if you want to go fast, go direct. But if you want to go far, go channel. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that we're very obsessed with is how marketing can play a role in agility within the channel. So when you're doing that hard pivot, how are you marketing and how are you ensuring that you can help support the sales infrastructure, the technology infrastructure to speed up? Because building channels can take a very, very long time. It does. It does. Again, so I think a multi, multi-level approach, right? Um, we have, of course, a very strong distribution channel. That's important because they are a multiplier as well from the communications perspective towards uh, existing research, but also prospect uh, partners for us. Uh, and then again, um, there are, there's, of course, this, this traditional pyramid, right, of focus partners, strategic uh, alliance partners that we are also communicating to because they are, of course, uh, in a number of cases, 
they are this portfolio part of Forbes. They can do everything, right? They can do and the traditional uh, meeting stuff, uh, webinars, Zoom events, but also they have the capacity to do some phone and some contact center. So they can be a 360 partner for us and they require different uh, uh, approaches, right? As you know, but that's how we're trying to, of course, um, like I said, we, we are very grateful for every partner that wants to partner with Zoom. Even if they do maybe two, three, four, five transactions a year, yeah, that's great. But also, of course, we want to look at the, the key partners who can do um, yeah, a large volume of transactions. So across the different gamut, we have different approaches to, to reaching them, working with them. One is, of course, more hands-on, uh, where there is a dedicated channel account manager versus reaching the long tail, where we have distribution primarily, right, to make sure that we also can reach these partners and keep them uh, excited about uh, what Zoom can do for them. Awesome. And then looking ahead to 2024, what are your key marketing priorities? Where can you see the sort of big wins coming from? Yeah, so I, I think uh, it's a great question. You always ask great questions. Uh, I learned from uh, the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, 2024, you know, for us, it will be very uh, critical to keep educating uh, the channel on that Zoom is much more than uh, what they were used to uh, see Zoom do in 2020. We're, we're a different organization with a different portfolio different set of capabilities that they can take to market, build their services practice around, go to market with, satisfy customers, because yeah, that old premise of Zoom is uh, delightfully simple um, from an end-user perspective is, is fantastic. Um, we are able, of course, now to really um, go to market around three, the three different areas. That's uh, you know, employee collaboration and communication. That's employee experience yeah, through the work FIFO um, so, um, platform that we have uh, as part of our portfolio and customer experience. So it's basically offering a total customer experience platform and educating uh, our channel on that from an enablement perspective, uh, technology knowledge perspective purely versus how do you take that to market most effectively? How, do you, how can you drive the quickest results uh, leveraging our, our Zoom or the demand center uh, that I just uh, tapped on earlier. I think that will be very important from a marketing perspective to make sure that, uh, that the partners can take the Zoom portfolio to market as successful as possible uh, and grow each other's uh, share of wallets, right? That's our goal. And, and we're hearing um, from Microsoft and Cisco, who have significant plays in the unified communication space as well, that they are doubling down and going all in on SMB for 2024. How how does that mirror Zoom's plan? Is SMB something that you guys are focused on? And how are you targeting that from a marketing perspective? Yeah, great question. Again, uh, you know, SMB already has been a very important pillar uh, for Zoom uh, for taking our solutions to market. Uh, like I said, you were there, right, when we uh, prepared uh, the expansion of our distribution strategy. And we see a lot of uh, needs and, and, and capabilities that our channel partners can fulfill uh, in that space. Uh, and in some markets, it could even mean, you know, Zoom will, will, will go even more on channel than, than direct in the future. I cannot predict the future, unfortunately. But um, from a marketing perspective, like I said, we will be heavily working with our distribution channel to build uh, very specific campaigns right, that are targeted at SMB customers because they don't have the same needs, right, as a large enterprise organization. So I think our messaging, our, our positioning, our packaging, right, of course, it needs to be tailored. Um, so one of the things that, that we're doing, and it's it's not like brand new, nobody has done it before, but we want to do that with some of our uh, alliance partners where we are building uh, very specific packages, right, that a 
you know, 10 people uh, SMB organization can really quickly deploy uh, and get up to speed with like in, in days, right? And, and not months. No, they don't have the time. It needs to be working, right? Could be either as a service or could be, of course, still uh, deployed locally uh, with hardware for, for meeting rooms, right? In case such a partner doesn't need a quality uh, meeting room. So I think, yeah, we're, we're going to see a multiple uh, area of investments of Zoom in this space to also expand our uh, our success in the SMB space. So SMB is still absolutely critical for Zoom. Obviously, um, Zoom's done traditionally amazing, obviously from the consumer space up and also from the enterprise space down. Mm-hmm. And um, as you know, you know one, 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 one quick uh, addition, because in some markets like SMB space is could be like 30 to 40% of the market, uh, total addressable market, right? So it's not something we take as a... As a uh, say that easily we take it very seriously because there's a lot of customers who need professional communication collaboration and of course not at that scale of a large enterprise but still they need it right so and, and we believe we are the best platform for that yeah we're, we're hearing lots in terms of the unified communication space that smb really is the next growth lever right mm-hmm. capturing that market modernizing that market and it sounds like you're working together to build specific commercial packages yeah. uh, build specific marketing programs and leveraging distribution to build that into a sort of cohesive motion yeah and, and uh, uh, it could be a, an engine right because smbs right now they're an smb in two or three years time they could be uh, you know, a, a large commercial account or maybe an enterprise account even. We see a lot of growth also from the startup space. And these startups, they're, they're growing very fast. So yeah, we're, we're tying multi, multiple uh, areas together to really servicing that market very well in the, in the near future. So that's really interesting. We sometimes uh, internally call that the HubSpot model. HubSpot have a VC-backed model where they give you a huge discount if you buy HubSpot and you've been backed by certain VCs. But obviously the idea is, hey, that 10-person business is going to be a 1,000-person business in four years' time, yeah. a much more lucrative account. And so what you're saying there is is not only is SMB valuable, but you're also looking for the next rising stars potentially in some of those accounts. Correct. And uh, I think our company is very well connected into that space, right, worldwide, but also here in region. Uh, we, we are already doing some specific initiatives around startups uh, in EMEA, which will be not only SMBs, but I think they will quickly rise through that into uh, you know, larger size uh, organizations. And that's where we can be their partner of choice as well, right, through our channel. Right? We see the channel still as fundamental to that. Uh, the buzzword that we're hearing uh, time and time again at the moment is AI. Now, I'm a big Zoom user, even, uh, even once I left. Obviously, AI has been embedded yeah. into the Zoom tooling, are you seeing AI play any impact on how you go to market as well? So I think for what, what we're marketing is the capability, right? And again, yeah, it is a big priority for, uh, well, since we launched AI Companion in the middle of uh, this year, uh, what we are hearing back from our partners uh, and, our, and our customers, they love it, right? I'm, I'm using like meeting summary every day, right? Getting it into my, oh, don't even need to tweak it, man. It's like 90%. It is correct. Okay, sometimes uh, just change a few words before I send it off to the to the wider group. Um, now we see that AI is as yeah, it needs to be very meaningful, right? Contextual AI. That's what I'm doing. I think that's what we're doing as Zoom. It's not because AI is so big. Mention a few words. The word security. What do you mean? If we say AI, we, t- we mean AI in the context of collaboration and communication, meeting summaries, email compose, um, chat summaries. In the near future, also voice summaries. So if you use Zoom phone, you can make a setting, have a setting that it will generate um, a summary that you will get as an SMS and that you can then forward. Right. So I think it's really contextual, meaningful, and it should free up people's time, right? Make people more productive. 
because we've seen research that um, and we talked about it last week uh, in London with uh, 60 of our partners present. You know, like mundane tasks can take up to 62% of people's time on the day. So let's say you have a meeting. Oh yeah, let me write some meeting minutes. Could take uh, eight to ten minutes, right? Before uh, before before you're ready. What if you have what if you have eight meetings a day? Sixty-four minutes of time that should be spent on different stuff. And if you can cut that down to two minutes by reviewing uh, an AI summary, you save six minutes times six, have an hour back. So all these concrete things is what uh, AI can do in the context of communication collaboration. So yeah, next year we we see a big move into that space uh, enabled by the Zoom portfolio. And and do you feel that uh, AI is going to play any role in terms of your marketing strategy? Uh, Yeah, so again, back to that uh, partner uh, demand center that we have. We uh, introduced that at our Zoomtopia event. We have a new capability. It's called Edit AI and Create AI. So that's embedded into our marketing platform. Partners can consume that. They can create, create AI. They can create content from scratch just by making sure they provide some context parameters. What's the tone of voice? What's the segment you want to reach? What is your your company's uh, uh, specific uh, uh, persona that you want to address, right? That's great. I, we just did a demo this morning with one of our partners. Well, you know, it will save them time, right? Again, uh, many of our partners use uh, external marketing agencies still. Two hours for an email. 160 pounds, right? And 60 dollars, 200 euros, 150 euros. But if, if you can cut that in, into 10 minutes, so I think we're really seeing um, those capabilities that we've embedded: edit AI and create AI. You can create AI from scratch or edit existing content. It will save a pound a lot of time. So that will help again automate, not even for for us, but for our partners when they want to take the Zoom messaging and proposition to market. So yeah, we're expecting uh, a lot from AI in a contextual, meaningful way. Excellent. So what we're seeing there is scale is really important to you. SMB is going to be an enormous focus and potentially AI, not just from a product perspective, but AI can play a generative role to help customize and create content driving even more scale. Absolutely, 100%. So yeah, we're we're really excited for the future. I think uh, it looks bright again. Amazing. Well, Frank, it's been a real pleasure. The way we always uh, finish our guest podcast is we'd love a recommendation for who you think we should have on next. Oh, yes. I know we talked about this before. Right, sorry, I haven't noticed. Yeah, so I think I have a great guest in mind. Uh, his name is uh, Yassin Kerman. He's my old uh, colleague from uh, Nutanix. He's the VP of Marketing EMEA for, uh, for Nutanix. So I think he will be a great guest for you to have a conversation with. Awesome. Well, Yassin will be coming your way and hopefully bringing you to a podcast uh, studio soon. See you next week.